our remembrance, but everybody seemed to be hung up in football. A lot of top games today, even the guy who was heading up the media component, uh, Rupert Murdoch, he's stepping down after 92 years old, and his son is going to take over the Fox Corporation. But we got an important subject that we have two people who are very knowledgeable, uh, at least we hope they're very knowledgeable, on what's happening with the veteran world. And the top person I've been knowing for years, I think I've been knowing her for years, I have to get her new title, and so do you, <clears throat> is a retired major in the Army, a Rebecca Bradley. Good afternoon, Ms. Bradley. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Okay. I want to ask to get the, the correct title. I'm going to have to get it again. What is your title now? Not not mm -hmm. the military title, but the... Okay. Uh, I am the local commander for National Association for Black Veterans, Chapter 41. Okay. And what about you, a minister, or what? You got another title, too? Yes, I sure do. I'm missionary evangelist Rebecca Bradley. Okay. Yeah. Well, what, what is actually going on? We're talking about the veterans and... When you look around, everybody's doing something for the veteran. At least they say they're doing something for the veteran. That is what so true. Yeah. Well, what it, there's two things going on, and that is uh, that Camp Lejeune um, illness. Uh, if you were stationed at Camp Lejeune, uh, and they had that bad water, I think it it might be a marine base. Yes, but, it uh, is. A lot of okay, a lot of people got sick, and uh, you see a lot of attorneys trying to assist. I would suggest those veterans to get with a veteran service officer first before you get with an attorney, because a veteran service officer uh, will help you keep all of your money and not give twenty, thirty percent of it away. Uh, the second thing is uh, people who served in uh, any combat that came in contact with chemicals and breathed chemicals and the chemicals caused them to become ill, like the Agent Orange uh, in Vietnam. I do believe they call that the PACT Act. And also yeah. you have a lot of people who served in the more recent wars who breathed in a lot of the smoke from uh, the garbage and such. Burn so, pits. Uh, yeah, burn pit, who uh, became ill. Those are the two latest uh, things that I know of. And they definitely want to submit a claim. Uh, oftentimes, uh, we don't submit claims when we're eligible for those claims. And then sometimes if we get turned down one time, we give up. Uh, and those are the two things. You don't want to give up, and you do want to apply for whatever you earn. Don't feel as though it's a handout. You raise your hand, you served, you earned. So uh, it's available for you. And uh, National Association for Black Veterans, uh, they have... Um, officers 
uh, that can assist you throughout the United States. Uh, even though I'm a commander, I've not yet got on board with uh, doing claims. I'm trying to put together an information packet for veterans in the form of a planner most frequently asked questions. There are a lot of questions out there uh, that people don't know about or people um, need to know about so they can get their benefit. Benefits is, is critical uh, to our community because it brings in that extra income uh, for veterans who did serve, who are thinking about retiring, get an extra a check if you're eligible for compensation benefits uh, for widows whose husbands or spouses passed away due to uh, service-connected injury. And then there is the back pay. If you're a Vietnam veteran and you applied for benefits years ago, got turned down, you can reapply. and Agent Orange, I'm thinking of in particular, and you may end up with six figures, you know, because of all the back pay. We definitely want to encourage people to apply for benefits. Okay, uh, Scott. Um, yes, sir. With your, what is your organization? What's the name of it? What is the purpose and our mission? Well, I'm uh, a service officer, the chapter service officer for my local DAV, uh, Disabled American Veterans, and our mission is basically to help other veterans get their uh, their benefits that they uh, they deserve. Now, how can you help a person? I know you guys have regional meetings, uh, annual meetings, and you guys gather to discuss. And what what things can you say that you can feel secure of achieving what your mission might be? Uh, well, uh, basically, we can we can start a claim. Uh, yes, Major? Excuse me. Yes, please. Yeah, you're kind of cracking up, Scott. Um, yeah, ter- you're breaking up. Uh, <laughs> we're not hearing a complete sentence that you're saying because you're breaking up. Terribly sorry. Can you hear me a little better now? Can you keep talking? I'll let you know. Okay. Can you hear me a little better now? Because I, I, I know can. the, the uh, microphone is near my phone, so. Okay. That's <laughs> good. Okay. Good. Yeah, we can hear you now. Can you hear me now? That's right. That's right. Well, as I was saying, uh, the, uh, the chapter service officers for the uh, Disabled American Veterans and the VFW and the, the American Legion. Uh, well, the Disabled American Veterans, all your uh, veterans organizations, including the AMVETS, the uh, uh, Disabled American Veterans, American Legion, uh, VFW, all those different organizations have people who can be your liaison for the VA, for the Veterans Administration. And we, uh, we have uh, documents that we can help you uh, fill out uh, in order to get that, those benefits. I think because of nearness to your phone, uh, and you're talking to us, it's called this kind of breakup. So can you kind of carry the weight, um, 
commander, right? Well, I'm the commander of the local chapter, yes. Okay. And the other commander is, uh, what's your exact title, ma'am? Uh, I'm Commander Rebecca Bradley, uh, local chapter 41 National Association for Black Veterans. Now, do you feel, either one of you, how would you help somebody who's sitting well, the first thing anybody has to do to start a claim is to provide intent to claim. Uh, and that's a form that, uh, that's provided by the VA. Uh, plus then... You <laughs> stop, stop right now, okay? You crack us up. Let's let the commander kind of explain the process. Oh, that's fine. Go ahead, ma'am. You want me to explain? Yes. Okay. Yes, so what happens is... Let's start with the very beginning before veteran get out. They want to go and see uh, a service officer if they can and do what we call a pre-service discharge uh, for claims. And that's the best time really for people coming out of the military because at that time they have access to their medical records. And uh, and two, they're still taking examinations. And I think you can do it something like 90 days, maybe up to 180 before you re leave the military. And once you submit those claims, the VA will determine whether or not you have a disability because that disability has to be current at that time. And then two, they determine whether or not uh, the severity of your disability because they make base disability ratings on the severity. So you can get like a 10%, 20, 30, 40, up to 100% for certain disabilities, or you can combine those disabilities. So as a veteran is coming out of the military, then before, if possible, you want to go ahead and submit your claim to the Department of Veterans Affairs. Once you've gotten out of the military, say you're new, getting out, and you didn't get a chance to get that examination or you forgot to put something on your out-processing form, you want to be treated over to the VA hospital, look for a uh, primary care provider, and ask them to do a physical. At that time is when that veteran can tell that physician all the things that expel them. They'll determine again whether or not it's a disability. A lot of times, veterans will not go to uh, the physician while they're in the military because uh, somebody may make fun of them. I know, like, sometimes uh, your drill sergeant, not your drill sergeant, but your uh, first sergeant or whoever, they line you up and they say, okay, all of the strong men get over here to the left, and then all you wimps, y'all go to the right and go on to see the doctor. And a lot of times, you know, they mess with your psyche and you, you're a strong man. But once you get out of the military, you want to be fitted again, like I said, over to the VA hospital because you got one year to uh, inform, document what you experience as far as a physical injury to include a mental illness. Mental illness can be a form of uh, office harassment or sexual harassment. A lot of times people don't 
like to talk about that. So once you get out the military, that is when you do all of that. And then there are people uh, who've been out for a while. They still need to in- seek a veteran service officer. A veteran service officer will guide that veteran on how to gather up evidence to submit to the Department of Veterans Affairs so they can get their claims. That is very important uh, because the VA, just because you say I I, uh, got this injury or mental health injury, they're not going to compensate you unless you have evidence. And that's what the veteran service officer is there for. Not only just to sit down, fill out a form for you and submit it, but they are to provide you with guidance on how to gather your evidence so you can um, more than likely be compensated for any injuries or illnesses. And that's just the veteran. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, a lot of time, and I don't know what the uh, time frame is for people with Asian Orange. But a lot there of is people, no time frame. Okay. And what is Asia, Agent? Uh, okay, uh, so when we say Agent Orange, we're talking about Agent Orange illness. Uh, I, I uh, know of a gentleman who was out of the military several years, uh, pretty much in retirement, uh, had submitted a claim years ago, didn't get it, uh, but he told his service officer that he was transporting Agent Orange containers. And so they found out that it was true, you know, through research. You go back and find out what was this gentleman doing, where was he doing it, how did he come in contact with it, and they were able to gather up that evidence. And they showed that that uh, individual had an illness related to Agent Orange, which was many years afterwards, after having gotten out of the military, something like 20, 30 years. That individual was able to get six figures, not because he just applied for it, but because he had applied for it years ago and he got that back pain. He had to show that that illness was related to Agent Orange. And so we need to encourage our Vietnam veterans, if you submitted a claim years ago, reopen that claim, gather that evidence, and pray, and more than likely, you will probably get uh, your compensation if you can show that your current illness is related to a chemical that you came in contact. And that's, I do believe it's part of the PAC Act, too. Helping veterans. That's more of the Blue Water Act. Okay, it's, it's both. Well, a Blue Water Act has to do with uh, veterans who were in the Navy, who were in the Blue Waters versus the Brown Waters. And uh, if, you own, if you're on land, and you're handling Agent Orange, whether it's in-country, Vietnam, Philippines, wherever they had those containers, you can be compensated if you can show that you did indeed handle those containers and you do have an illness. Okay. Now, a lot of people 
it was just, you know, that's the top, that topic we talk about, what happened on the East Coast and what happened with Asian Orange. What about the other people who entered into the service? Like I went in 59 and served to uh, uh, 60, uh, what, 61, 63. And I'm now at the age in my 80s, okay? And contacted some people about, they said, filing the claim or they won't get some service officers to work with you. And a lot of people, and a lot of people who in there who's supposed to be in charge to help people, they don't know the game. They don't know what's real and what's not. So they can't really help you. You're talking about service officers? Well, or- it could be. could be. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I will tell you this. I, I've done claims. I did claims for 15 years. My first year, man, I didn't know nothing. You know, it takes time and experience. And if you find someone that's a novice and don't know much, you know, say, you know, question them and uh, say, well, maybe somebody else in your organization can help help you help me you know that's how I was when I first got started it was a lot I didn't know but I was constantly on the phone with other service officers to help my veterans and I got information that did help them and uh, it's up to the veteran to continue to uh, challenge and ask questions if you don't know then find someone who is experienced and it's nothing wrong with asking just like when we go to the doctor you know how much experience do you have doing this it's nothing wrong with that either so you definitely want to find somebody who knows and then again you can get on the internet the internet has a treasure of answers for your questions Now, say I'm the age in my 80s. Okay. And it didn't just happen like I was on a ship, on the labor force starting out, dealing with all the, that time, uh, lead in the paint, you know, painting the ships and what have you. And that was on a destroyer. And then I was on a heavy cruiser, the CA-75, and based on those tours, nine inch or whatever, it made it very difficult. It might not have an impact on you till years later about your hearing. Well, at first, when you approach the lawyer, everybody get a bunch of lawyers to fight to keep from giving you anything. That happened in the sports world, TV world, and what have you. How often or what should a person do if they just realize they contract the head this disease, but they didn't know what they should have done before? And all of a sudden, it'll hit them. And then they get turned down. Okay. Uh, you talking about hearing loss? Well, that's just one. I was trying to go over series. Mm-hmm. Hearing was one of them because that's why. Okay. I- Did you? Okay. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, Having worked uh, a lot with the VA, you know, what I first, I try to do is everything goes back to evidence. 
you have to go find a audiologist. You explain to the audiologist what you did specifically in the military that caused your hearing loss. And you let them know, say, uh, I was uh, on a ship and we had to paint and we had to get rid of a lot of chips. We was at the bottom of the ship and there was a lot of pinging and pinging and pinging. You know, and my ears are ringing, 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 and it's still ringing. Or I was on the battleship and I was the one that had to drop those huge ammunitions into those cannons. I was exposed to uh, extremely loud noise or I was on a flight deck. Uh, I was around tanks, I was in artillery, and we worked around these loud, uh, explosives, hazardously loud weapons for X amount of hours, uh, went to the field two, three times a month, you know. So you're explaining to your audiologist that you did indeed uh, get ringing of the ear. A lot of times, you know, that's something that you can't really test. But if you show that you were exposed, you will have your audiologist to write you what we call a nexus statement. A nexus statement is your physician's opinion that it's more likely than not based on your MOS or your duty, because your duty may not always reflect your MOS. Um, that is more likely, probably likely related to what you were doing in the military. And that's evidence that the VA will consider and review. So those are some things that you want to do the first time. If you get turned down, that's okay. They have a process where you can resubmit evidence. And uh, a lot of times people do. I know uh, a gentleman who was in his uh, late 70s, got 60% uh, hearing. A lot of times they say 10%, but if you can show that you have ringing of the ears, and again, like I said, the severity of your disability uh, is what they look at. And he was on a, a battleship. Okay. Korean War veteran. And, and what did you have anything else other than hearing loss that you wanted to probably just just throw in the arena? It don't have to be you or anybody else. Well, I mean, one thing, uh, Commander, that you've been very, very clear. You know, it may not be process. I think most people, you know, who are, who are looking for it, because like you said, there's been so many distractions, you know, misinformation out there. And I think, you know, you talked about the burn pits. Can you explain to bits of people to burn this stuff? Uh, explain. Okay. The, um, the burn pits. Yeah. I, you know, my, my knowledge is somewhat limited on that, but this is what I do know. When they're over there, they have to burn uh, their garbage. They have to burn their, uh, the hospitals have to burn their waste. And then a lot of times you were digging up, uh, uh, what do you call those? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, your waste, your body waste, whatever. Okay. You know, a lot of times, you know, that smell gets into the air and sometimes it's chemicals or whatever. 
you know, and then sometimes it gets in the water and you run it through the water and you up to your your needs in the water, you know, and it affects your body, you know. All and then when they're over over in uh, that part of the country where they were, there's certain diseases too that uh, people pick up. But if you, what it all boils down to is this: whether it's Agent Orange or Burn Pit, they all have an illness associated with it. Just because you were exposed to Agent Orange, you can't go in and say, well, I was exposed to Agent Orange. You got to say what illness you came down as a result of Agent Orange. And it's the same thing with the burn pit. You have to find out what disease is associated with coming in contact with burn pits. If you have those diseases, Get your evidence from your physician. It's more likely than not, or it is related to being exposed to these chemicals. And uh, once you get that submitted, you submit your claim. However, you still have to have that current disease. If you are healed from an uh, Agent Orange-related disease, you cannot submit a claim and say, well, I was unless you have some residuals from, you know, maybe cancer or whatever. Uh, how many people do you think right now uh, that has been affected by, by these, these, these two things alone? I know that there's Agent Orange or something that was denied for many, 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 many years. Well, um, I bet I, I don't have a of definitive answer as to how many, but this I do know is that we have to be proactive in going back to find those individuals. And not only that, we need to find their spouses if they've passed away. Because if the, if a Vietnam veteran passed away and left his spouse behind and his death was, say, uh, uh, ischemic heart disease which is a part of Agent Orange that spouse can go in and and turn uh, go again back to evidence you go back and get his death certificate and say hey my husband passed away of ischemic heart disease he was in Vietnam when they were spraying Agent Orange and I would like to submit a claim you know for that and uh, but I do want to emphasize we really, really do need to go find those veterans before they all pass away and find the spouses too, you know, because it's out there. Like you said, it was a lot of misinformation. I worked with some veterans who left once. They came up here. They were told they couldn't get benefits. I turned around and helped them get their benefits. We earned those Benefits, do benefits. And the VA, believe it or not, the VA uh, set aside all of these guidelines. That's why they call it VA law. You know, it guides us on how to get our benefits. Now, the problem comes in if you get a VSO who uh, give you misinformation. Or it could come in from a physician who give you an inadequate examination. I think that's a big one right there. Sometimes, uh, you know, I don't want to go there, but anyhow, those are the things you have to look at. 
Well, how long have you been doing this, and what would you say the uh, uh, percentage of successes you've had? Well, I did it for 15 years, and uh, the last gentleman or person that I worked with did get a significant amount of money, and and if you calculate up the monies from the time I started over 15 years, that's still coming into just the Kansas City area. I would say it would be in the millions of dollars. You know, that's why I'm a, a, a proponent of getting these veterans to get this money into our community. We need to do that. I can't emphasize it enough, you know, and uh, another thing that a lot of people don't realize is uh, we need to look at secondary uh, illnesses related to our primary illness. Say, for instance, you get awarded for Agent Orange diabetes. Diabetes affects so many organs. It affects the kidneys. It affects the eyes. You know, it affects um, the heart. Uh, the heart, yes, yes, yes. Creative organs, you know, and so you submit claims for all of those. And if it could affect the creative organ, then you put in for what they call special monthly compensation. You get an additional check on top of that. You know, so there is a lot of benefits that we really need to know about. So what areas are you working in or I would, I would ask? I mean, anybody interested in listening to this show, uh, a lot of times we hear things, but we don't uh pass it on to our friend i know coming up on november 11th the special uh seminar we might say is going to be taking place um i'm working on uh, a planner and this planner is frequently asked questions and i it, you know the va is so extensive and it's information it's taking me a minute here but in there in this planner i have a section for things to do what are some of the things you need to be thinking about gathering up this is all based on uh evidence then we have i have a section that says meeting reminders you know uh where's the location time is it by zoom or whatever uh and these are are for people who may want need to meet with their VSO or in the military, someone that can help them. And then a key part is doctor appointments. We need to keep up with our doctor appointments. Uh, also, a lot of times we become injured while we're in the field, and then we have to go see a field physician, which is a physician assistant for the most part. But you need to gather up that information. You need to document it, document it, document it. Uh, also in my planner, I have a page where uh, you want to document if you were harassed, uh, whether sexually or office harassment, who were the witnesses, what happened. You know, uh, a lot of times when we think of sexual harassment, we think of women, but the military has more men than women. And it's kind of somewhat, and particularly, you know, on some Navy ships too. 
it's like being in prison without men. And 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 some men I would power over men, other men. And that's why that uh, they need to write these things down. And I I like to tell people well in my planner, I want people to if you cannot tell anybody, at least tell your chaplain. If you really need to tell somebody that can have authority, write your state senator or your representative. These are documentations. If nothing gets done, once you're on the outside, you will have those documentation. You know, uh, a buddy statement is very, very important. They do consider buddy statements. A buddy statement is generally someone in the military who's seen you get harassed, someone who you told. But also, it's a family statement, too. You know, um, when you left the military, you're joyous, happy, go lucky. I don't like luck, but, you know, blessed. And you come out, you're totally different. You're a recluse, and something's wrong with you. You know, your family can write those statements as well. So all of that is evidence that a veteran or any person needs. You go back to you go back to uh, diabetic. Uh, is that uh, hereditary, or how else would it, can they come about? Well. If you came in contact with Agent Orange, you were in Vietnam, in country, brown water, blue water, uh, and you came in contact with Agent Orange, and for blue waters, you got to have certain ships. Um, they don't look at the family hereditary. They just take it, you know, face value, came in contact with Agent Orange. And then, too, if you... Uh, just come down with diabetes in the military before you left. You know, that's evidence as well. What are some symptoms or one might look at, one might not know if he doesn't go to this chapel, chapel, I don't get that right, or the medical people that uh, to ask, uh, what's wrong with me? I don't feel this. Something's not acting right. What should I do? What medicine should I try to get? Uh, you talking about as for you mean while you're in the military? It could be a time, yeah. Well, now we're talking about while we're in the military. And then shortly after you got out of the military. Okay. Said, Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it, well, one of the first symptoms, I, I think, is excessive thirst. But you have to go and take a look at what are some of the symptoms are. And so what, what I advise people to do is get your medical records, review them, see if you had any uh, diabetic symptoms while you were in the military. You take that record and you go to see a physician and say, is this symptoms that I probably may have had diabetes in the military, but it wasn't diagnosed? And that's, you know, another way of gathering evidence. And again, it goes back to being a nexus statement from your physician. Some physicians will do it. Some physicians won't do it. Uh, some VA, a lot of VA physicians uh, won't do it. But I know when my brother passed away, uh, the VA um, 
did not do certain things correctly. And his VA physician wrote him his wife a statement. And she was able to get compensation, widow's pension. So uh, try to get a, a friendly physician who will work with you. What about uh, medical uh, mental illness? That can okay. happen anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it can. And uh, a lot of times, again, if you, uh, this is one thing that is important. And I, I'm going to bring myself in this one. Uh, I was a military intelligence. After the time, I was only the black female in the room or black in the room. <laughs> And and sometimes it can be a hundred people, and you get five percent out of that one hundred. That's just going to give you a hard time, and nobody, the other ninety-five percent, don't even know what's happening. You know, and so, and it goes on for years and years and years. And when I out processed, I ran to a sergeant who said, because we didn't have the tap classes that they have now. We went from station to station. But, you know, I thank God for this one sergeant. He told me, he said, ma'am, whatever you do, write down any and everything that happened to you medically, you know, and anything. And so I started writing down these stress-related symptoms. And then, uh, uh, along with other stuff, and then I went to the next station, and the doctor reviewed it. And he said, is this stress-related? I said, yes, and he put a big old bullet, stress-related. So 20 years later, when I was a basket case, I went to see my um, uh, VSO, and I was in counseling, and that my physician said, Rebecca, what took you so long? You know, because I was still having uh, mental health problems because I went from that job into a job where I was working with a lot of white uh, male veterans. And uh, I was PTSD. And so I got my benefits because of what I did in my high-pricing paperwork. And I, can, I started seeing a, a mental health physician then and I still see one today. So it goes back to evidence. So what if you don't have that evidence? Then uh, a lot of people that suffer from MST, they look at, well, did this person ask for a new assignment to get away from that individual? You know, did this person get any Article 15? Did their uh, continents change? They became rebellion and stuff like that. Those are things that they also look at if you didn't write it down, but you can show that your demeanor changed. And that's why, again, I advise people, if you can't tell anybody in your chain of command, because a lot of times we know where that's going or not going, uh, tell a chaplain. You know, chaplain, uh, they are somewhat bound, they are bound to keep your information free to themselves, no one else. And you write it down and you document it. And I think there's one thing that uh, I want to put out in this sphere. This is me talking. You know, there are lots of perpetrators, sexual, who are in the military. And I don't know if, if the military is tracking them. And it could be because people are not reporting them. 
but I am certain that some of them are being reported and they're going from station to station to station perpetrating upon men and women and nobody knows so that's well it's, it's, uh, we know that it's just like the school bully you know what they do is they size people up you know I, I am very I have, I have a soft voice and then some men you know or aren't aren't really bulky you know and they size them up and they try to see you know how they can take advantage of an individual and then too you know if you're not of the dominant race they're gonna uh not everybody but there's some like i said that five percent out of a hundred and that person in that five percent might be in charge you know or have some type of authority over you and the world is just not a good world all the time and you know but you know what you what we have to do people who have been victimized is document 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 and i also call that managing the manager you know, if you have a manager who is uh, mistreating you, giving you bad assignments, et cetera, you know, the whole gamut, you write it down, say, okay, sir, you told me do this and so, you know, why do I have to do this when so-and-so isn't doing that? Or, you know, I just want to let you know what you're signing me is physically hurting me, you know, and then when time comes, you submit that paperwork when you submit your complaint. You know, you have documentation based on date, based, based on time. Uh, this one individual mistreated you. And that is something that um, we need to tell people in the workplace because I'm telling you, managers are definitely getting uh, trained on how to get rid of you. But the employee or the uh, enlistee or the subordinate is not getting trained on how to document when they're being mistreated. What about, let's say like, you don't, something wrong with you, but you don't pay it no mind, so he'll go away. And you don't repeat it. You just carry it yourself. Uh, and then sometime, months or years later, Oh, man, I went through that, but I didn't know what to say or what to say. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times that's why I, I tell uh, my friends, my daughter, everybody needs somebody to talk to, you know, because uh, it's not good having things bottled up. And that's where you, you reach out to find a counselor. I know at the VA, when I first went to counseling, I had a black female, and then they got rid of her after two or three sessions. And I, for years, many years, I never had a black female. I had a black male, but I never had a black female. And uh, my counselor didn't care. And then I got a new counselor many years later, and he found me a black female, someone who I can talk to. Everybody needs somebody to talk to, and you want to talk to somebody who looks like you, somebody who can identify what what you're going through, 
So I would say demand that or continue to seek that. If anybody's listening, thinking about going into counseling, a lot of us veterans need somebody to talk to that looks like us. But you don't Do you get, get it? In. Okay. Do you get it? Anything people say that they uh, they got a they got a disability, but they never reported it. And how can a person of your stature help them? or steer them in the right direction? You know, I meet a lot of people. Um, as a matter of fact, I met a gentleman in the grocery store. I asked him, I said, are you getting your benefits? And he said, yeah, I did. I am. I said, well, are you getting paid for it? He said, no, I'm not. I said, what you do? And he told me, I said, well, it sounds like to me, you might need to get compensated for that. You need to call the Missouri Veterans Commission or, or DAV or BFW. Uh, or get online and find out uh, the number for National Association for Black Veterans. Find a veteran service officer. If that veteran service officer is sit down, take your application, say thank you very much, get away from that person. You need a veteran service officer that's going to ask you probing questions. When, where, how? Let me show you how to gather your evidence. You know, uh, uh, I was the type of veteran service officer. I spent a lot of time with my uh, clients. Some people, you know, they go for the numbers and submit the claims, you know, and they only take uh, take easy claims, you know, but you're not doing a service to the veteran. That's why I'm a missionary evangelist because my goal is to help God's people. But you definitely want to get a veteran service officer. I don't care if he's a novice, just work with them, ask them questions, they'll get better. I did. What are some of the symptoms that a person, uh, before they start getting medical uh, treatments or, so that's real high now, like, I I don't think, uh, and not necessarily in the people of color community, but in a lot of community where a kid goes off at the age of three or four or a teenager <laughs> and misuse somebody, kill somebody. They say, well, he's just a kid. He didn't understand. And the whereas parents or people close to them know there's a problem with him, but they never report it. Mm-hmm. So what's the question? The question is, uh, probably need a lot of more classes on that. I, I, it's a hot topic now, too. Mental health. About uh, medical uh, illness and things. Mental health illness? Yeah, that's not what I meant. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> and, and you're right. You're right. You know my daughter. She's a school teacher. And she works with special education. And she's telling me, uh, you know, this is her fifth year teaching. And there are a lot of uh, children who are... Uh, children of people who are drug addicts or not necessarily but some of them just have autism you know but when they put them in uh the and again they come in degrees of severity and if you put somebody that's severe uh with a severe mental health problem with some children who's who have disabilities but not as severe you know the teacher's time is going to go predominantly on trying to uh uh, what is it? Uh, keep that other 
kid in control, you know, the other children are going to be missing out. But they, we do need to work with our children. And, you know, the children who have mild to uh, moderate uh, disability, they, they need to learn. They need to have that chance to learn without being disruptive to uh, other kids. But a lot of our kids, I think one of the biggest problems is they cannot read. And they stop teaching them how to read in the third grade. You're supposed to get it from kindergarten to third grade. And then they move on. But there's a lot of people in the sixth grade that cannot read. So they become disruptive. You know, um, counseling, education, key. For regardless of age. Well, I mean, that's, that's a very important just right here, man, because a lot of people, you know, and, and then a lot of words sometimes sound a lot, but it means something totally different. Mm-hmm. And that's one of, the, one of the things. So right now, Commander, uh, and we also produce that, you know, you kind of lay it out, you know, uh, the, the, the program that is available, but is there some type of uh, a hotline someplace people can all get to that? I'm sorry, I said it again. Is there a hotline number people can call if they need, if they need to? Uh, let me look it up. They can go online and look up National Association for Black Veterans and uh, get that information. National Association for Black Veterans. Now, like, I just left a conference down there in Kentucky. They got this budget, man. She's more knowledgeable than me. <laughs> and they are out of uh, Milwaukee. Uh, let me see. I, I got it up here online. Let me see if I can find a number. I know I should know it off here, but I don't. And uh, they also have Facebook. Uh, they can work with people uh, in most states, I do believe. Uh, and then we have people that call from out of the country who are looking for uh, help. Because when I first got started, I was looking for an organization to help me. And I said, well, um, let's start an organization. Let's start uh, another organization. I won't say the name, but a friend of mine said, well, what about NADVAC? I said, what? You know, a lot of people didn't know about NADVAC. And uh, go online and find out what we're all about. And this is probably the one organization where the commander in charge looked like us. I think it was the, well, I ain't gonna say the only, but what, in Kansas City. You and I had a friend that passed away uh, last year or so, and he was, uh, yeah, MP, but he came down and you helped him a great deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I love helping veterans, and uh, Vietnam veterans are special to me, maybe because I'm close, close to your age. But, you know, I, I, I tell people that we as uh, minority veterans, when we first served, we started under Jim Crow. Then we moved into the Vietnam era. And the Vietnam veterans, they pushed back, you know, and 
I found out through Capitol Hill. What was that? What was that? There were riots during the height of the civil rights era. There were riots in the military. There were riots mm-hmm. on naked ships. Can you believe that? Wow. Riot, yes. <laughs> At the height of the civil rights era, that's when they start pushing back. And then after that, then we served me under the Confederate flag, where certain veterans would display their Confederate flags. They open up their windows, and you can see the Confederate flags, so they wear it on their shirts. And of recent, within the last year or so, they stopped them from displaying Confederate flags. So what did they replace it with? MAGA. Mm. So, but, uh, you know, I will say this, though, just because they wore a Confederate flag didn't mean that they were racist, because I know a lot of nice people (laughs) that wore Confederate flags Mm. when I was in the military. But I think it was Martin Luther King that said, groups are a little more immoral than individuals something like that. When you break people down by a person, individual, they're just as nice as they can be. But sometimes when people get in groups, they get influenced. So, with that, they cause, you know, mental health problems. But the VA is there, you know. Uh, VA law is there for us. It was established by Congress to help veterans. And if you get the right VSO to help you, you will get compensated. They have the Board of Veterans Affairs that review decisions and they can render a decision or they can send back uh, the decision to the VA and have them to review it or they'll deny it. And then you have the Court of Veterans Appeals they will review the Board of Veterans Appeals decision. It could be benefits, survivor benefits, and, <coughs> excuse me, educational payments, <coughs> and waivers of. <coughs> I'm sorry. You need some water? Yeah, get ready, get some. <laughs> get your cough drop. Folks, we have only seven <laughs> minutes left. I know that they got my show. I had to get my calls dropped out. Answer calls. All right. I got me a swig of water. Okay. Yeah. The VA helps us, and that—that's what we all need to know. I was just saying that we have six minutes left, sir. something that uh, <laughs> I'm glad to choke and fit on. But anyway, 
there's a thing called waiver of indebtedness. And a lot of times veterans have to pay co-pays. Sometimes they get behind in their co-pays and uh, the VA can't take their money back from them or garnish it. And so there are forms that the veteran can go to the VSL and ask them to assist them. They can ask for a waiver or they can ask that they get uh, make partial payments. A lot of veterans fall into that too. You know, uh, Scott was quick to tell us that we're running out of time. Uh, on, yeah, on December the 2nd, I know the United Minority Media Association is going to celebrate their 50th anniversary in Kansas City at the Ruth Walking Cultural Heritage Center. And just was uh, thinking to add, uh, of course, we have the commander in the uh, committee. I just thought about another committee, and that's mental health. That are important, and by people in the media, they all be able to get that word out. Uh, a lot of people don't know where to get the word out. How is it truthful? Who should I believe? So we got a lot of people, a lot of game in their voice, and they'll tell you anything. Does that come out right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> shutdowns, uh, they pass laws whereas people are Social Security and veterans will get paid mm-hmm. during the shutdown. Okay. So, so they should be kind of worried about the, oh my God, I'm not getting a check. Those politicians, they need whose votes? Old people and veterans, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they ain't gonna mess with our money. Wait, wait, wait. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I know we're about to run out of time, but if anyone knows, I'm, I'm located in Kansas City. Uh, some people in that area of mental illness. Uh, I'm going to set up a, a particular uh, seminar during the time of December. The second they should call me if they know someone or are interested at uh, 816-694-2273. And just like the commander, she, a lot of veterans should come out there. And I know 
we had a very good conversation with Scott, uh, I think it was last week, that all these veterans throughout all of Missouri, is that what Huh? You see, you're fading away. Now come closer to the phone. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, sir. Okay, I was fading away. Well, I was saying that uh, to broaden your uh, boundaries, I know Scott was saying about the organization he belonged to and we got veterans all over every little small city. And normally, I know I have a lot of relatives in Arkansas, like a lot of people do in Oklahoma, that when they came out of high school, the first thing they did is join the military for benefits and what have you. Uh-huh. A lot of them, uh-huh, in those, those small uh, southern towns, they joined the military. Yeah, that's what we need to do. I think all our children should. Uh, join the military for a minimum of two years because it's too many that don't go and I'm not just talking about people who are challenged but a lot of good kids don't go they stay home they need to go in the military because you know it just opens up your mind to the world you know to meet people from different states and people like you and then to leave the country and then you're, you find that you're a, uh, uh, in charge of other people and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. You got to do this and you got to do that. You know, maybe that's something that we all should do is encourage young people to go in. You know, Commander, I, I don't have too many regrets, okay? But uh, one I did have was that I did join the service early on during the Vietnam era. Uh-huh. And, you know, we want to have it was then, but I just know a lot of things that as I got older and the benefits I would have gotten and you said the trail I would have gotten, you know, some things that, you know, that I feel, you know, that, you know, it's my, my decision I made okay not to do it. But I think, you know, you're right about that, which encourage our young people nowadays. Now, I know the war, I know there's so much going on now in the, in the world right now, okay, but at least now, you know, uh, they have better, you know, they have, uh, it's not in, any conflict right now. That's, you know, and we don't know what's going to take in the future also, but right now it would be a good time to get in while there's still, still peace going on also right now. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. And even if there is a conflict, you can go into certain MOSs where you're not on the what, battlefield. What's an MOS? Oh, military occupational specialty. Your okay. job, whatever job you select. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And you mentioned those different, well, matter of fact, you know, uh, commander, commanders, I would say, you know, long past it, I'm trying on the wall, um, I didn't our folks, that's, you listen to, guess who's coming to Kansas, you know, hosting, created by Mr. Hemsworth, and we've been so, so, so fortunate to have two, uh, very well, veterans, matter of fact, say, thank you for your service also, and we also approach the veterans say, but we have, and Commander, uh, Bradley, who has a lot of titles, also Mr. Scott Owen, who has a lot of titles, everything, has a lot of titles. I need a lot of I got one title. I mean, of course, I'd be a co-host today, which he's made people. So, yes, we come to Kansas City. Uh, we can always be found at face, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And also, uh, see you again next week, Mr. Richard, anything you want to say? Well, the only thing, uh, at, at this uh, 50th anniversary celebration, 
that we're asking the people who participate to bring us at least about 50 uh, handouts to circulate. A lot of times that person might not need it who's attending, but they have friends that can use that. We don't take advantage yes. of that. Okay, on that note, uh, Amanda, thank you very much. And um, Amanda Owen, thank you very much. And I know Mitch thank you very much. And talk to you yeah, guys. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. And we say, you know, also, put your face, man. Life is good. Be safe. Bye-bye. Uh-huh.